0: Okay, Shavuot Tov, our shir this morning, is dedicated for a refuah shlema for Yosef Yitzchak, Yehuda ben Chana Sarah Should have a speedy and complete and painless refuah shlema. Okay, we're starting to see in the Salon Parsha's Rebbe. Pekudeh, the last Parsha of Sefer Shmos. With this we end Sefer Shmos. Ki'anon Hashem alamishkan b'chom ha'sa'ayim. Says the Salon the Rebbe the following. Hashem yomam Yisrael. The cloud of Hashem was on the Mishkan during the day, and the pillar of fire traveled with them at night for all the Jewish people to say, Bechol Masa'im on all their travels, on all their journeys. All their journeys, Khanyasam, whenever they encamped, whenever they stopped. When the place that's identified as the place of where they stopped, that's also called part of a journey, part of a travel. Achen the Chora, loshen Mashma Yoseir loshen that sounds kind of backwards. You would think that Masa'ayim refers to their travel, their journey, where they're going. What do you mean? When you use the word in their travels, it means to when they stop? So say, <laughs> every time they stopped, Why does it say <laughs> So we can understand this based on what everyone's been talking about for the last five weeks since Pasha Truma. I rank it among the top three cliché Divrei Torah, which is mm-hmm. We start in the singular, and we end in the plural. It doesn't say in it, it says in them. These Parshas, these four out of five, are all a prescription. They're all the design of not bricks and mortar, not a building of a Mishkan, but how to construct our lives and how to live our lives in a way in which just like when you build the bricks and mortar, its purpose, its goal is to bring down Hashra'as Hashkine, so that God will descend and have a place here on earth in our world. So too, when we build Bilvavi Mishkan Evne, this architecture, these dimensions, this description is all about how to mold and shape our heart, how to mold and shape our lives and our homes in a way that Hashem will come down and dwell. Nefesh HaChaim says over and over that it's not that we are the Mashal and the Beisam Mikdash, or the Mishkan is the Nimshal. It's not that the base, you know, Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, really it's only in the absence of a Mikdash, so we use some homiletical interpretation to make us feel better, singular to plural, cliched, Dvar Torah, Hashem's in all of our hearts. It's the opposite. We are the Nimshal the whole Truma Tetzavah all these dimensions and diagrams and this whole description is to reveal to us it was all a metaphor for us. So when you went to that building, when you came to the Mishkan and you saw the layout and its utensils and all that was going on, it was a metaphor for what really should be happening inside all of us. Yehudah V'tafkidosh Yehudi Yehudah The goal, the essence, the mission, the purpose, the destiny of a Jew is, he says this in the Hitpael reflexively, we should sanctify ourselves. Just like we find in the Torah, this is such a redundant and repetitive mandate to lead a holy life. David Brooks has a book, The Road to Character. And in it, he has a great, I think the whole book, leave David Brooks aside, a complicated person, but the whole book is worth it for one sentence. He says, We don't live for happiness, we live for holiness. And he quotes his Jewish sources, his Jewish roots, for that principle, that we don't live for happiness, we live for holiness. And I think in that sentence it really captures the difference between most of the world today and our religious community, our Torah community, and what our our overarching mission and mandate are. Most of the world today is living for happiness. Does it make me happy? Does it give me pleasure? Does it give me joy? Do I want to do it? Just do it. Obey your thirst. Do what you want. They're living for happiness. Are you happy? You deserve to be happy. I want you to be happy. Do whatever you want to make, that makes you happy. Right? That's the defining that's the defining criteria in, in the world at large. Does it make you happy? Judaism says, What does your happiness have to do with anything? Who brought up your happiness? Who said you deserve to be happy? Who said you're entitled to be happy? Are you being holy? Now, it happens to be that when you're holy, nothing makes you more happy. When you're living a life of holiness, of sanctity, of purpose, of mission, when you're living your best you, nothing brings more fulfillment. Not the fleeting kind of of pleasure or happiness, which is experienced and then is gone, and then you just crave it again. But the most lasting kind of of fulfillment comes from holiness. So do you live for happiness or do you live for holiness? The Torah over and over and over says, live for holiness. There's just three examples, but Torah in many, many places reinforces over and over, holy, be holy. Now, what is holiness? If it's in contrast to happiness, if happiness is not our mission or goal, but holiness is, what is holiness? That we make sure that no women ever play the drums at our weddings, is that holiness... What, what no, no one's face can appear, no one's name can be used. What is holiness? That's a, that's a counterfeit holiness. That's a cop-out holiness. That's a fast track or a, or a kind of distorted sense of holiness. That's not holiness. What's holiness? So what does it mean? Be from me a mikdash. Be from me a sanctuary means mikdash is atzmo. Be from me a holy vessel. Be from me a symbol an icon. Be, for me, somebody that people point to and say, Wow, I, go, I work with this guy, or I'm at the gym with this guy, or my neighbor is this guy. So They're really holy. I can sense their holy energy, the way they live their lives with virtue and righteousness, honesty and integrity, with godliness, their presence, their mindfulness, their compassion, their kindness, their empathy, their service of Hashem, their selflessness, all of that. Wow. When you live your life like that and people see that in you and people are drawn to that of you and people are inspired and impressed to be like you so then you have fulfilled, you've turned your life into a mikdash. Turn your life into a mikdash, Mishkan, And that's what it means. The Pasuk says, the cloud of Hashem is on the Mishkan during the day and the pillar of fire at night. She Just like the Pasik promises that there was this incredible traveling security system that was with the Mishkan and the Midbar. In the Midbar you're exposed to all the elements. Snakes and scorpions and bandits and scorching sun and and, and a cold night, what protected the Mishkan and all of its holy vessels? So Hashem protected it, a cloud in day and a pillar of fire at night. So just like the Mishkan, which is the physical embodiment of holiness, earns a divine protection, so too we, when we mold ourselves into instruments of holiness, vehicles of holiness in this world, we too merit and earn that divine protection of Hashem. And that's what it meant, and that's what so the Machan Ephraim says in the name of his grandfather, Bashem, Parshas Massei, counts 42 journeys, 42 Uber rides, 42 trips. what the Kleist was rating, it wasn't very high. So the tradition that we have from the Baal Shem Tov is that every Jew throughout their lifetime. We'll make 42 stops and have 42 journeys. In that road towards character, in that road to our self-discovery, who are we, what's our life about? In the road to our own personal fulfillment, we have Membe's Masaos, 42 journeys, travelings. That's what it begins. These are the journeys of the Jewish people. means not the Jewish people who live then, so from the moment we emerge from our mother's womb until we are returned to the ground from which we came, there will be 42 milestones, 42 demarcations, 42 points that we can identify in our lives which were transformative, 42 points on our journey which helped define us. So how do we go on that trip? How do we go on that journey? How do we survive or endure or thrive on those 42 stops? The 40 years that we travel through the actual desert, as we mentioned... There were all the elements that were threatening. Remember, we have a command to remember. Don't neglect, don't be forgetful. Remember with gratitude that you crossed the desert for 40 years. And we passed through very dangerous territory. We were exposed to great elements. And we survive. Acheno Ezol Ko Yehudi members of Maso Shah over Bechayev, Hareyo over as Kolabachino Shalamid Baragado La Hanora, Nacha Straf Akrev, Kumashahaya, Mar and Admor, the base of Roms, Hosiagin Alenu, Chosa Beshem, Harebah Hakodesh, Reb Itzla Kavidnabur. I don't know who that is. Koindabur? Kavidnabur? Dolitamide, Harebah Kodesh, Rabinacha Mandalmi Vitebsk. I know who that is. Hosiagin Alenu, Shebaho Yom, Bimkumaboker, Hyomer, Kasha Leos Yehudi, Haitahara, Humalach. So this tradition from Rav Nachman Mendel of Batepsk, who used to wake up in the morning and say, It's very difficult to be a Jew. I'm about to face the day, You go on WhatsApp and some bot got control of the group and posted inappropriate things. From the moment you open your eyes, you haven't even washed Nego you should probably wash the before you grab your phone, but from the moment you open your eyes till you go to sleep, it's it's kasher Yehudi, yeshoret How are we going to remember to make brachas before and after we eat and Dhamma with kavanah? Not speak lashon hara, not listen to lashon hara, act with integrity and honesty, not look at inappropriate images, and not hear. Let, not, there's a million and one things to be conscientious of. It's hard. It's very hard to be a Jew. It's a heart is all around us. It says that's not good for you. Yeah, eat it anyway. You shouldn't look at that. Look at it anyway. You shouldn't think about that. Think about that. Listen to that. Go there. Watch that. Waste that time. It's very hard. So Rav Nacho Mendel of Betebsk used to wake up and say, but as difficult as it is, as challenging as it is, as hard as the test is, if I want, there's a will, there's a way. If you will it, there is no dream. Maybe Herzl stole that from Rav Nacho Mendel of Betebsk. If you will it, it's no dream. If you want, you can. You can persevere. You can endure. You can triumph. How? Not on your own. Not by yourself turn to the Rebaun Shalom and ask him to help. I have many Nisyonos, I have Iyei Tahara, I'm tested. I need your help to endure. I need you to strengthen me. Tzadikim, And this specifically most applies in the 40 middle years of our life, which are the majority of our life, which are those 40 years. It's during those 40 years that we are meant to arrive at our purpose, at our mission. That's when we are most tested, and that's when it's also expected the most of us. I don't know, is that 20 to 60? Probably 20 to 60, right? Oh, exactly. So it's following the desert paradigm. From 20 to 60. At 20, you start to be a big boy, big girl, and grow up. Start to figure out who you are, who you're meant to be, and what you can uniquely contribute to the world. And uh, by 60, you're over a bottle. It's all over. Just joking. (laughs) 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 The truth is, by 60, is only half your life. It's only half your lifetime. You expect it to live much more. The whole world has changed with life expectancy, but I don't have to tell you all that. I thought the other day, off the top of my head, without even calculating it or looking, I can name four couples in the shul... But the husband and wife are in their nineties. It's like, and we were kids, no one heard of such a thing. You didn't know anyone in their nineties. <laughs> When did the Jewish people earn this divine protection, this escort? When they had holiness in their midst. So the same is true with us. Here we are exposed to elements. We're exposed to the world. We're exposed to threats and dangers. Externally, anti-Semitism, violence, terrorism, a crazy world. False accusations, corruptions, criminals. We have threats that surround us. We also internally have threats. How many sabotage their own lives, sabotage their own success? Even people who've reached pinnacles of greatness, people who are brilliant, charismatic, but their own internal yetsahara undermines and sabotages all their success. So their threats abound. Externally, internally, you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Who wants to come out from under the covers? Khalilah that day, what, what diagnosis are they going to get? How will their life change forever? There's a million and one examples of the threats that surround us. So through what merit do we earn divine protection for those 40 years that we feel so threatened and that we are so worried and we're exposed to so many dangers? The same divine protection as Klai had in the desert. What was it? When we turn ourselves into a Mishkan. Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. When we live not for happiness, but for holiness. When we have discipline and self-control and we measure every speech, every thought, every action through the filter of... Will this bring me closer to Hashem? Does it help me better repair His world? Does it more make me fulfill my mission for why I'm here? Not my happiness. Why? Yeah, I want to do it. It makes me happy. It's what I want to do. Not what I want to do. Again, I'm all for relaxing and recreation and enjoyment and fun and vacation. But all that is in the miskeret of repositioning me to fulfill my mission. It's not an ends. It's a means to get back to what it is I'm trying to accomplish. If I'm doing that because that's what I live for, there are sports fanatics who following sports, the word sport is Latin from disport. People follow sports not as a distraction because they need a break, because they need to re-energize, because they need to be entertained in a kosher way and then come back to life. It becomes the ends into itself. They're fanatics where they've forgotten. They care about the, the team more than the own players who are on that, who are on that, uh, who are on that team. So... Whether it's following sports or these other areas of our life, are we living for our own happiness or are we living for holiness? When we live for holiness, just like the Jews who travel through the desert, only when they started to live for holiness did Hashem provide a divine protection. So we too can earn and achieve a divine protection when we live, when we transform to live for holiness. So just like the Torah says, And every one of us have 42 journeys in our life. And it said that there was a difference: the cloud protected them during the day, and the pillar of fire at night. So Yom hainu be'isha ina Yitzhar Mizgavim Yuchad hub B'chinas Anan. She'ishli Yehudi Maskim Amavdilim maskim Amavdilim She'ino Margit Shemiz Baruch and Margit Asam or Ruchem Me'ashemiz Baruch. V'as Hashmiri Anan Hashem. She'betocha Anan V'achosha Hashemiz Baruch nimza So, the two differences of the ways we journey in life. We're bibichinos, we sometimes are in the status of day, and sometimes in our own lives when we journey, we are in a period of night. To be in a period of day means It's not that there's a particular yitzhara which is not a drive, a temptation, which is sabotaging us. It means We're in a cloud. We're cloaked in a cloud. Maschim is, is a mask. There's a mask where you can't feel Hashem. Hashem, we want to believe. We somehow know somewhere He's out there, but there's a barrier. There's a mask. There's a parochus between Him and us. A sort of hester panim where we feel like we're going about our daily lives. And where's Hashem? I don't feel Him. I don't see Him. I have struggles and trials and tribulations. And I don't feel His presence. I don't feel His guiding hand. I don't feel His love. Nothing goes right. Nothing goes easily. For some people, nothing goes well. For many people, even things are going extraordinarily well. And everything's perfect and everything's great. But eh, they're in a blah. They're, they're what Revolve would call yemeha yeyish. person is in a spiritual cold spell, a spiritual funk. funk. spiritual funk. So there's a mask, you're in Anan, you're, you're like lost in a cloud, you're just in a fog. Right? We describe that people who are going through a, a period emotionally in their marriage or, or, or professionally or certainly religiously, they're in a fog. So that's the Bechinas Anan. But it means that during the day, in your travels during the day, in which you're in a fog and you don't feel or see Hashem's presence, so where is Hashem? In the Anan Hashem. That means that we have three levels, Choshech, Anan, and Arafel. Arafel is the thickest fog, cloud of Hashem, cloak covering Hashem. Moshe entered the Arafel, and in the darkness, he found Hashem. Sometimes it's in the fog, it's in the funk, it's in the darkness. Why? Because when you feel you're furthest from Him is when you have the greatest itch and the greatest yearning to draw close to Him. So when you feel like everything's okay, it's kind of like Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Good is the biggest obstacle to great. When you're bad, you strive for being great. When you're good, eh, you're good enough. So he writes, good is the biggest obstacle to great. Because good is good enough. So, when you're good with Hashem, so you're not going to be great, because eh, you're good. But when you feel that you're distanced, you're in a fog, and you're, you're, you're yearning, you want to draw close, you want to repair. So that will drive you, now you can find Hashem in, in the fog k'ma'mar haster astir means within the hester within the hiddenness of hashem anochi mistater ki anan hashem when a jew is living not for happiness but for holiness when a jew in every moment says how can i be the best version of me How can I live the most sacred life? How can I best represent and be an ambassador of godliness here in this world? Even in the cloud, they'll find Hashem. If that's your mission and that's your purpose, and that's what informs and inspires everything you think, say, and do, then even when you're in a fog or a funk, you'll find Hashem in that fog or funk. So that was during the day. During the day, there's no particular Yetzirah which is targeting you. It means you're in a fog or a funk. And what's the solution? Anan Hashem. In the fog or funk, find Hashem in the fog or funk. What's the uh, song that comes from the words of Rav Nachman? Afilu Behasdara, shebesocha astara. You know another this song? Rav Nachman. Afilu Even when Hashem is hiding, and the maid, you could find Hashem. So almost dafka, You know, when a person is not playing hide and seek, you're not searching for them. But when they're playing hide and seek is when you're in the exercise of searching for them. So when Hashem is revealed, when He's accessible, okay, you take the relationship for granted. But now that there's a sense of hiddenness and the longing, you can find, you can recover, you can restore the relationship with Hashem through the experience of the longing. So <coughs> that's the daytime. The night, Eish te'e'a <speaking> Lala is <in> the time that is gabris hachomri is la'adam that the physicality, the material world, it overwhelms us, it overcomes us. That's when ooh, your, your drive for physical pleasure, lust, it burns inside you like a fire. So at night, at night's a dangerous time. People are left alone with their technology at night. At night a person is exhausted, they're, they're, they're uh, vulnerable. They're vulnerable. They're whatever is down at night. You feel particularly exposed, and the fire of the Yitzhara burns at night. The fire of the Yitzhara burns. So, what's the antidote to the fire of the Yitzhara? The fire of kedusha. Be on fire in the quest for holiness. (laughs) So the first thing is to realize, like this tradition of the Bashem that like Kla Yisrael, we have a period of 40 years, hopefully maybe twice as long, where we're going through 42 Masaos. Our life is made up of small journeys. Our life is made up of chapters. We don't live one linear life that goes smoothly from beginning to end. It's not that when you're 10 years old, you say, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a this, I want to marry this kind of girl, I want a white picket fence, I want this many children, and then I'll die in my bed at peace in my sleep. Right? You don't get to prescribe your life early on in one linear fashion. All of our lives are made up of many, many, many chapters. How many? 42 chapters. Most of which we probably never anticipated going through that experience of success or of disappointment and despair. But our life is made up of 42 twists and turns and chapters of life. And what's the key, the common theme or the common denominator? What is the compass that that um, leads us, guides us through those 42 chapters of twists and turns of life? It's striving for holiness, not happiness. If no matter what's going on around us, we got the job, we lost the job. We got great news, we heard terrible diagnosis. We experienced a great uh, success, We went through a moment of failure. We're on a spiritual high. We're on fire. We're going through a period where everything's amazing. We're in a low. We're in a funk. We're in a fog. The guiding thing that should inspire and inform all of our twists and turns for the 42 chapters of our life is that aspiration for holiness, not happiness. And if we do, we will earn in return Hashem reciprocates that divine protection, just like He did in the desert, of the cloud during the day, namely the merit of finding Hashem in the fog. And the fire at night, that the antidote to the fire of the Yitzhara is to light the fire of spiritual ambition. So Sefer Shmos begins with the deepest, darkest exile. Here we were in in Mitzrayim. And afterwards we start the 42 journeys that the Jewish people passed and they had many chapters, many twists and turns like receiving the Torah. Right? So the story of our people is like an individual life story. We had highs, like standing at Kabbalah's Torah and then we had major lows, We were appreciative, mature adults and we were impetuous, obstinate children who complained and who were ungrateful. Our story in... Say for Shmos, and we'll pick it up again, at least the narrative part in Ba'midbar, is this journey of the 42 stops and chapters through lives, the highs and lows. <speaking in Hebrew> we too have periods of highs and periods of lows, but when we learn to navigate them using the compass of Torah, the compass of striving for Kedusha, so in the end we can arrive at our destination. You have arrived at your destination. <speaking in Hebrew> If we can in fact transform our lives to the pursuit of holiness then So it's kind of like with the eating comes the appetite. If we start doing it then we feel people if only I felt Hashem if only I saw if only He talked to me if only I knew He was there Oh, then I'd live a really righteous and really and really pious and really religious life. It's the opposite. Live a righteous and pious and religious life, and then vishachanti he'll come down and you'll feel his presence. So it's it's the opposite. Don't wait to feel inspired. And don't wait to feel Hashem's presence and to be inspired, and then you'll live the life. Start living the life, and then Hashem will come down, and you'll feel His presence in your life. It's the exact opposite. I think it's what informed the Labav campaigns of lighting candles, or putting on tefillin. That start doing. If you start doing a campaign of doing, if you're a campaign of the Asuli Mikdash, light candles, put on tefillin, lead a life of kedusha, and then the Bis you're going to feel His presence. It'll be undeniable. It'll be palpable. And then you'll just want more and more and more. And you'll want more. That if you taste it, you'll see. So It's up to us to take that first step. Taste what a life of holiness is like. And then, tov Hashem, you'll feel that Hashem comes down and He will protect us.